Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey friends, it's Kate Warman here, and I want to welcome you back to the Heart of Dating podcast today. I'm just so excited to have you back, and I really cannot wait for you to hear this episode. I have just been so thrilled to announce and share this episode with you because it's really powerful and it's so timely to where we are currently. But hey, before we get into that, I wanted to take a moment to just say thank you guys for being a part of our community, for believing in what we do here, and for supporting us and for spreading the word with friends. We have so many new people that are joining Heart of Dating each week. And so I just want to say thank you for being here. We're excited that you're here. And for all the oldies but goodies, you guys are the best. You are our tried and true. If you are new around here and you want to connect with us in an even deeper way, you can join what we are up to over on Instagram at at Kateness and at Heart of Dating. We love connecting with each and every one of the people in our community. And we try to post as much helpful content as we can on Instagram. We're also pretty active in our DMs, so we love chatting with you guys privately. And I wanna share one more way that you guys can get involved. You can come and join our private Heart of Dating Facebook community. We have thousands of singles and couples talking about wisdom and growing in God in their single and dating lives over there. It is so good, you guys. Actually, recently, my assistant and I, Gabriella, were talking and there were so many people sharing about their newfound relationships and testimonials of how they use Heart of Dating to then meet the person that they are now seriously dating. It is so cool. Beyond that, our private Heart of Dating Facebook community does Bible studies together. They do game nights. They do worship nights. And some of them are still going through the Heart of Dating conference content together. A few of the things I do is I actually come in there sometimes and do a recap of episodes live and answer some of your top dating questions. So in essence, we get some extra special quality time together in the private Facebook community. If you want to be a part of that, go and visit facebook.com forward slash heart of dating. And then if you'll just quickly like our Facebook page, that would be awesome. And then you can go to the groups on the left-hand side of that Facebook page, and then you click the private Facebook community to join. I love our community. You guys are why we can do what we do. So thank you for being here. We are in this together. Okay, guys, time for the episode today. I really couldn't be more thrilled about my guest for today's episode. I just know you're going to fall in love with her. Right now in our current cultural climate, there is so much going on. It feels in some ways that there's just a lot of noise happening. And what I've come to learn is that when the enemy cannot destroy, he distracts. And right now, I'd say he's doing a pretty good job of distracting us with all the noise. So today, my dear new friend, Danny Koch, and I talk about knowing what you stand for in a time of confusion and chaos. I cannot emphasize enough that this is such an important message, and I believe it's also really timely with where we are in our current cultural climate. Danielle is an illustrator, social justice advocate, and entrepreneur who makes art designed to encourage faith, inspire justice, and guide others through loving their neighbors well. Her illustrations aim to make complex issues more digestible and provide practical ways to help others make a difference in their spheres of influence. 
She also runs a social media agency called So Happy Social, where she helps positive mission-based brands use social media for good. When she's not drawing, you can find her watching a Disney movie, making music, or laughing as hard as she can. I just love Danny. You guys are absolutely going to love her, and I'm pretty sure you've maybe seen some of her illustrations going around Instagram at at ohhappydanny. You guys, this is such a good conversation. Share it with your friends. This is something we all need to hear. So get prepared. Here's my conversation with the wonderful Danny Cope. Well, amazing. Danny Coke, welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast today, friend. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Girl, I have just been so looking forward to this. And I was actually talking with my assistant, Gabriella, and we were both like, she was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this episode because she kind of read through the questions and she was like, she loves you. She loves the things you're doing. And she's like, I can't wait to hear this conversation. So if that's her sentiment, I can only imagine what other people are feeling just as they're listening right now. So welcome. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. And speaking at the conference was so much fun. So uh, thank you again for having me doing that too. I'm just really excited. (laughs) Yeah, girl, I got to say this for everyone listening. Most of you probably also know that Danny was in the Heart of Dating conference and her talk was seriously one of the number one talks. Like people are still talking about it, still posting about it. And you had so many comments on your session because it is, it was just so impactful girl and so timely, truly. And so kind of what we're going to talk about today is coming through a little bit of inspiration from that conversation and that what you shared on the conference, but with a twist, of course. But, you Mm -hmm. know, before we get into really the nitty gritty of all of the topic today, I want to hear about you, Miss Danny Coke, okay? Because it has been so awesome and just inspiring, girl, to see how God is working in your life right now and, you know, especially in, in this last year. So I feel like there has just been so much going on for you this last year. So would you just share a little bit of like the journey and where you're at right now? Yes, definitely. So it's interesting. It has been a little over a year since I actually quit my job. Wow which is so wild to think about. But yes, I went to school for event planning. I I majored in hospitality administration. I thought I was going to be an event planner. So I left my college in 2017 and then got a job at an event agency a little thereafter and jumped right in. I was in a graphic design and marketing role because I've always enjoyed those things. But I thought it would just be my way in the door of event planning. And then I quickly realized that event planning is just not the gift <laughs> that I was given. The Isn't attention to detail, all yes. that, I was just like, I don't know. Well, it <laughs> so, sounds real fun, but I'm going to be honest, like just even putting on this virtual conference, there are so many organizational things that you don't realize, right? It's like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Absolutely. And the planning it takes, like, oh man, I just should have known that since planning's in the name of the, the industry. But right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> We're like events. That yeah. sounds fun. Oh my gosh. You know? <laughs> exactly. So I left my job uh, and wanted to build my own business. I wanted to do more design, which I loved. And I also love social media marketing. And so I wanted to combine those two things and have my own agency. So, so Happy Social was born. And it existed to help mission-based brands use social media for good. And 
I had a really fun journey with that. Didn't 100% launch it to the public until January of this year, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of people don't know. Oh, um, but yeah. Yeah. It, you already it had it running. Cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had it running in the back because, you know, I needed I needed to pay those bills. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> I got, I got Especially you leave corporate, you go into an entrepreneurial world, you're like anything to pay the bills right now. That's what yes. I had to do, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Right? I was subcontracting, doing whatever I needed to do. Right. But in January, when I officially launched, I also took up illustration as a hobby for fun, you know? So I had my little iPad and I would do digital art here and there. And I would share everything that I was practicing. But my first like socially justice related art was the piece I did in January on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, where I talked about his message and how I felt like sometimes it was a bit watered down or taken out of context because of the quotes that we love to use. And so I made a piece speaking to wanting to maintain the integrity of his legacy. And that post was shared like outside of my family and friends, which was really surprising to me. I was like, oh, I didn't think that people would actually <laughs> want to share this. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Yeah, it, it made me really excited and made me think, I wonder if people would be more open to hearing about these hard things if it was pretty or presented in a pretty format. So next month was Black History Month. So I just hit the ground running, creating so many different types of graphics. And yeah, the rest is history, I guess, because here we are and now I get to talk to you. Yeah. And it's super cool to look back and see the impact all these months later. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. I mean, you are now so recognizable for some of your amazing graphics, illustrations. And like, I didn't even know we weren't even fully connected, but months ago, I did repost one of your graphics and I just like, and now I'm like, wait a second. Oh my gosh. Now I'm friends with the person who made that. What, what's going on? Like it really has like, it's been shared like wildfire because it is impactful, powerful. Yes. It's beautiful at the same time. And I think, you know, who God didn't, you know, had this really cool, like journey for you, Danny, when he like put this in your heart to start those illustrations, because look at what's happened now. Like, it's crazy. You were like on TV the other week. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) Right. It seems like it just went from one extreme to the absolute next extreme. Like I had 700 followers in January and I was chilling. I really was like not concerned. I didn't realize that. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Oh yeah. And it was one week in March where I had 300,000 new followers in one week. Oh my gosh. What? I couldn't believe it. I was like, are you serious? All of you right now like, care what? that much? Hi, everybody. It's like you're going on to a new crowd. Like, hello? <laughs> like, I exactly. Didn't... Like, hi, allow me to introduce myself. Yeah, Um, yeah, it was unbelievable for sure. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. Look at God. And you know, something you shared also in the conference was in previous job, and maybe it was your last job, you also dealt with some harder things too. And Mm -hmm. we'd love to hear just a little bit about those things because I was looking up some things lately too, been in some conversations with people, but I just want to bring and shed some light onto what you experienced there as well, if you're okay with that. Yes, definitely. Thanks for asking. I worked at a predominantly white organization and it's definitely on the smaller side, but I was the only black woman that worked there. So I've always grown up in predominantly white uh, environments. So this wasn't foreign to me, but in the workplace, I had to adjust to some things that I wasn't necessarily expecting or prepared for. 
like I mentioned microaggressions or things that people say that they don't realize have a slight to them that are rooted in racism and just not understanding other cultures. So I dealt with that quite frequently. And my boss, I had actually went to him at one point and said, hey, I'm noticing this kind of culture here in the workplace where people aren't really familiar with or learning about, you know, my culture. And I would love to know if you have any ideas about diversity, equity, inclusion work or investing and bringing into different speakers or something to help shift this culture. And my boss actually told me, you know, I'm not passionate about that. And it's not something I don't think I ever will be passionate about. So I don't foresee myself doing anything like that. Oh my gosh. And then he said, honestly, I don't even see color. It's just not something that I think about. And when I heard that to him, it probably was meant as, Hey, I'm not racist, you know? So I don't think about those kinds of things. But what I heard when he said he doesn't see color was, you know, I'm not paying attention to or worried about the things that you deal with that are nuanced as a Black woman. It's just not top of mind priority for me. So it's just not something I care about. And it really affected me. And I've always been pretty outspoken about social justice issues and things of that nature and racial equity and things like that. But that experience in and of itself, along with many others, really made it personal for me and caused me to want to see a change in the way we approach these issues as a whole in organizations, maybe outside of my own, especially. Yeah. You know, I, I'm so grateful you shared that because I don't, I think as a white woman myself, like I've been in lots of environments where I've never been treated that way, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think for me in kind of going on my journey this year of just diving into more things, being more aware, reading more, doing my own research which with a handful of friends, it's opened my eyes to the fact of like, I have been in a little bit of a bubble of not realizing what was going on, even in my own workplaces, which were predominantly white, you know? So hearing you share that, it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that was happening, you know? And, but at the same time, it's like, okay, now I do know. So how can I show up differently? And um, I was doing some research recently. This also really struck me because this book I was reading was talking about just white feminism, you know, and like Mm -hmm. fighting for the equality of women. But then there's a level of like white women still get treated and favored (laughs) over black women. And this specific, I saw this, I don't know exactly where it's from. So I apologize for not knowing the exact reference I'll put in the show notes. But this really stuck out to me that I wanted to share that an office and admin support role, on average, white men get paid $774 a week, white women get paid $708 a week, and black women get paid $655 a week. That's mm-hmm. a really big difference just for an admin role. And then when you bring it up to like a management position, management in business and financial operations, still like it's white men get paid $1,594 a week, white woman $1,163 a week, and black women $962 a week on average in the US. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so, I mean, for me, it just proves that systematically there is definitely an issue we have at hand here. And my gosh, like, and this year, I think more than ever, you know, the the title of this conversation, Danny, is just knowing what you stand for in a time of confusion and chaos and worldwide. And especially I think in America right now, we, we are in a time of confusion just in our country. There is a lot of 
things going on. You know, there's just a lot going on here, but it's also, I'm also grateful at the same time for some of the things that are coming out and coming up because they're conversations that, you know, we need to have. And so, you know, what you talked about in, in your talk in the conference, you, you said, uh, what, like asking a question, what do you really stand for? So Mm -hmm. I want to kind of go into a little bit of that because we're sharing some of these things. You're sharing your story. We can't overlook this. And at this point, you know, people are feeling potentially like, okay, there's a lot going on. I want to stand for the right. I want to stand for good, healthy, godly things, you know, like Mm -hmm. the things that matter to God's heart. So how do you think that we get there, Danny? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I like that you brought back up that question of what do you stand for? Because when I even brought this up during the conference, one thing that I wanted to mention was, yeah, it's important that we all stand for something, but especially for me as a black woman, but also as a believer, I wanted to make sure that I also acknowledge it's important to recognize what we stand on uh, and having that firm foundation of this is what we believe in. This is who we believe in. And this is where we draw our strength and wisdom from really helps form formulate that firm foundation where we can then decide, okay, this is what I stand for because of what I stand on, you know? So I love that you brought that up because that's super important to me, especially now when it's important that I maintain humility and maintain, um, being solid and firm on what I believe in, because there's a lot of things and people and issues that try to sway my attention and also try to fight for my full attention. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's just something that I'm really focusing on and trying to make sure I remember repeatedly as I go through this new journey I'm on. So yeah. yeah. You know what? I I heard someone say this recently, when the enemy can't destroy, he distracts. And I do think that like a way that the enemy gets to us is through distracting us. Well, you don't really have to care about that. That doesn't really affect you. Or you should care about this because if you do care about this, it'll impress this person. Or, you know, maybe you don't have to care about that right now. I know that was really important to you like last month, but this month, like, you know, that's not going to come off right. So don't care about, and these are, he tries to distract us with all these opinions and trying to almost appease people, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, something as you were saying that in the conference and also made me think of, and you touched on this a bit as well too, is like, how, if we're going to get to, what do we stand for? The question to what do we stand on also brings up for me, what does God stand for? You know? Yeah. And I think so quick to, as Christians, we kind of like, read the gospel and we kind of put our own spin on it sometimes, you know, (laughs) like, but if we really break it down, we really break it down. God and the character of Jesus is about others and about the oppressed and about the broken. And that it was his character. Those were his best friends. You know what I mean? Like those are the people he surrounded himself on. And I don't want to blame anyone or shame anyone because I will be the first to admit I live in Santa Monica, California, and sometimes it's easy to feel like I'm in my bubble and there's a lot going on and I'd rather just be in my little bubble, you know, Um, versus facing some of the uncomfortable that's going on out there around me. And 
I just think more than any time ever right now, like with the coronavirus and with with political stuff and with, with what is coming up with the Black Lives Matter and just there's a lot, right? There's a lot right now that's going on. And I think more than ever, we have to be okay with getting uncomfortable. Definitely. <laughs> you know, so what? how have you found as your journey as a Black woman and the work that you do, how would you encourage others to be uncomfortable and to be okay with and just venture into engaging in conversations about racism and social justice in where we are right now? Yeah, definitely. Well, one thing that I think normally scares someone away from jumping into conversations like this, for example, I hear a lot from white people that they're scared to mess up when it comes to race or don't always have the words, don't always know what to do or say. And that holds them back from jumping in. But I always say that you don't have to be perfect to join the conversation. Like perfection is not a prerequisite to participation. You enter these conversations knowing good and well that there will be a possibility that you mess up, not because you intentionally want to, but because this is new. There's learning involved. There's a lot of nuances and even something like language, which is always changing. I can even give an example to something that I recently uh, changed about my approach to anti-racism work, the word minority. Um, it's, it's a commonly used word and it's a word that I've used before in my artwork. I'm reading this book right now about anti-racism. I don't remember the exact title. That's wild. It's by Tiffany Jewell. Okay. Yeah. That's going to bother me. I'm going to, I'm going to remember like right as I'm talking. Yes. But in the book, she talked about the global majority and was basically saying people from different ethnicities, this book is anti-racist. That's the name of it. This oh, book is anti-racist. That's it. Yes. Okay. Yes, I've seen it. that one. I haven't read that one specifically, but that's it. I've seen it. Yes. That's it. Yes. So she she basically says, you know, people from different ethnicities are actually part of the global majority. Mm-hmm. And to say minority is almost as if you're minimizing that person and their ethnicity and that community, oh, wow. even yeah. though altogether we do make up a part of the global majority. It's true. And so even in that, I was like, wow, you know, I do want to change my language there. And maybe instead of minority, I can say historically underrepresented people. Mm -hmm. I could say people of the global majority. There's just different ways I can change my language. So I say all that to say, there's always going to be room to grow for everyone in the space of race. And so I would never want someone to shy away from the conversation because they feel as though they're going to mess up because failure is inevitable for all of us. And in those moments, it's not saying, oh, I messed up. Everything's over. It's saying, oh no, you know, I'm going to use this failure. I'm going to make a blueprint out of it. You know, here's what I'm never going to do again. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to do better next time. And I'm just going to keep this to continuously remind me of the work that I still need to do every day in this area. So that's what I would say to someone who's, who wants to jump in, but it may seem too big or they just don't know what to do is to don't be afraid to take that first step because you will continuously learn and grow and you are helping us move the needle forward with this conversation at the same time. Now on that note, you just said that so perfectly and you, and I wrote that as a note, perfection is not a prerequisite to participation. If I'm being honest, like that was something that a few years ago kept me more silent. And I actually read Austin Channing's Brown book a few years ago and it was so good and impactful. And now I know that she's just thriving right now and I'm so excited for her. But in her book hit the bestseller list, like New York Times two years later, I'm like, 
like, yes, girl, it's so great. But um, <laughs> but I remember reading that. And even after that being like, okay, this is this is definitely challenging me, but I'm still nervous. You know, I'm still nervous to make mistakes. And it's taken right. a little bit of time for me to continue to dive into these mindsets and just practice, you know, and being okay, not being perfect at things sometimes. And, exactly. and just like kind of honestly being real about that too. Like, Hey, I don't know how the right way exactly to say this. And please correct me if I'm wrong, you know, or, and just giving people permission and, and being honest, like, which is really vulnerable to do, you know, but, uh, to say like, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but I'm going to try, you know, it's like step into the ring of courage. I hear Brene Brown in my mind, but like, we're not going to get it right every time we really aren't. Mm -hmm. And even to this day, I'm like, all you got just practicing engaging. Hey guys, quick break today in our wonderful episode because I have something really exciting to share with you that I've been looking forward to tell you about for a while now. So raise your hand if this year has not turned out how you thought it would. So for me personally, one of the biggest invitations I felt from God in this time is to just truly surrender and trust in the process. It's basically the only thing I felt like I can do when everything else has felt like such a chaotic storm outside. But here's also what I've realized. I'm pretty good at surrendering and trusting when I feel like I'm in control. (laughs) That's not really surrender and trust, is it? But if there's anything I've learned this year is that I am just not in control, especially of so much that is going on in our world. This is why I'm so grateful for my friend Stephanie Mae Wilson and her heart to create content to help walk individuals into a place of God's presence with trust. She's been working on something just so great, you guys, that I finally get to share with you today. It's her new book, The Between Places, 100 Days to Trust in God When You Don't Know What's Next. And it's perfect for any woman who is navigating any sort of uncertainty about her future. It's for the woman who is single and wondering if she's ever going to find her person. And it's for the woman who's dating someone and wondering, is this person really my guy? It's for the woman who has worked in the same career for several years now, which has led her to be unsure of what she wants to really do for the rest of her life. It's also for the woman who's just feeling the weight of uncertainty in this season of life we're in now. Maybe you're weary or lonely or confused, feeling like the whole world has turned upside down this year, taking your plans and any sense of security right alongside with it. It's a prayer journal for seasons of waiting and uncertainty, times of transition and making big decisions to help you trust God with your future. The Between Places is officially out now and you can pick up your very own copy by visiting smaywilsonshop.com. And guess what, friends? Stephanie created a special promo code just for the listeners of Heart of Dating because she loves us just that much. If you use code HOD, you'll get 15% off your copy of The Between Places. I actually just got my copy last week and I got so excited. It is the most gorgeous thing to look at both on the outside and on the inside. The content is so rich and I just got to be honest, nice looking things make me feel that much more excited to open it and actually use it. If you're in what feels like a between place, making big decisions, dealing with uncertainty, I want to encourage you to pick up your copy of this beautiful new prayer journal by going to smaywilsonshop.com and using promo code HOD for 15% off. 
for the other side of this as well as for people who are trying to have these conversations, but then being met with a lot of pushback. So I know, and I won't go into who I'm dealing with that this is applying to, but there are people in my life where it is you know, and whether it's the issue of racism or something else, like we have, un- it's really hard being in an uncomfortable situation where someone's just like, I fully don't agree with you. And I find mm-hmm. that we also are in that place politically right now, you know? And so how would you share your advice or your experience on like standing on what you believe in, in a way that's strong, but, and that doesn't back down, but also that doesn't turn into like, you know, this tornado of like hate. You know, like, how do we do that? (laughs) Definitely. This is a really great question because something that I often hear when people come into contact with my work is that, oh, I love the way you do this. It's not like this person who is so abrasive or this person who just seems so angry. And one thing I always like to say in response to this is I aim to be compassionate in my approach, yet firm. You know, I always want what I say to be coded in love because as a believer, as a follower of Christ is just something that I feel called to do, but I never want to sacrifice the integrity of the message or the severity of the times that we're in by watering down what it is that I'm saying. And so whenever also, whenever someone brings that up, I also say, I don't like to say that someone else's approach is incorrect or less valid than mine because mine is more compassionate intentionally But what I would say is that my approach is different and I believe that my community benefits from that. And so I would also say this same approach can be brought into personal relationships with other people, right? We want to be compassionate with those that we love, but we want to stand firm on what we believe in. And there will be times where it will cost us our relationships. Things might get uncomfortable, but this discomfort is a result of us taking a stand for what we believe in, what we're also called to take a stand on in scripture. And it's just good trouble, you know, as John Lewis would say. (gasps) I love that. Yes. yes. Isn't that great? It's so good. good. It's good trouble. Fantastic. Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I would say. Don't be afraid to get into that good trouble because what you're doing matters in the long run. And I would also say if these relationships with your loved ones, these conversations that you're having, I'm assuming that these are people that you hold dear and that you value. And the best thing that we can do is try to maintain the integrity and the loving nature of our relationships without sacrificing what we stand on in the process. So that balance, only you listener (laughs) know that dynamic that you have with your family or your loved ones. So doing the best we can, but also knowing that we're not responsible for changing that person. We're only responsible for standing our ground and presenting the truth in love, hoping that it's accepted. I love that. It's like, stand on what you believe in, engage in the uncomfortable conversations. And I know even saying that it, some people listening are like, okay, but already that's so daunting. Yeah. But I mean, we have, we're called to the way of Jesus and he, nothing about his life was comfortable, you know, like it really wasn't. And so we are called to a life of being uncomfortable and called to life of courage and to life of vulnerability. And we really are, and to stand up for injustices. And so we have to be able to do that. I mean, we can, 
do that with a stranger. I see a stranger treating something bad. I'm like, excuse me, what are you doing? And then with our someone in our family or someone close to us, we're like, uh, I've already seen how they're going to react. So I don't know if I want to step into that with them and have my hand bit off, you know? But it's that much more important because the, those people that are in your close circle are people that are already, you probably have a level of trust with. So it's like, those are the people that will potentially listen to you more than anybody else and that you guys can have those honest dialogues with. But I love, Danny, that you also say it like we need to also protect those relationships at the same time. So it's like a balance of doing this because I also don't want my opinions and my newfound learnings bringing that to, to people in my life to like completely destroy our relationship or be like right. mean that like I can't I'm so upset about the things I'm learning and so passionate about it that I'm bringing it to, to a white person in my vicinity and like I completely bulldoze over them with my opinion you know <laughs> and, and I think that's where the hard balance is when we're passionate about something to share it and then also know how to do so with compassion. And that's a fine balance, man. I mean, like, goodness, as I say it, I'm like thinking of of election season and all the different conversations we typically see on Facebook. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> like, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that there are some, there's going to be moments where it's like, you know, I'm not going to budge on this. This is just my value. Like for me, for example, I am not going to budge on condemning racism and saying that it's wrong in any capacity. Yeah. If I have a loved one who's just really dedicated to the idea of being racist and it's just their belief system, I would be willing to sacrifice that relationship for the sake of upholding my value if it is something that's deterring the success, the nurturing of our relationship, and also something that's keeping me back from fully loving my neighbor well. Yes. Is that something I want to do? Absolutely not. Yes. But the cross is a heavy thing to carry, you know? And not everybody will be able to come with us throughout our entire journey of life when we're having to make these tough decisions. And yeah, I just always want to make sure that I'm solid and I'm building my life on solid ground and that I love everyone of course, but I protect my inner circle and I protect my space so I can stay healthy enough to do this work. Yes, that's so important. I think that right now we so need that individually, you know, with like, we want to go out there equipped, but we have to be able to like, find our own sense of mental wellness during this whole season as well. And have people in our corners of people who are the safe people that like, we can come to like, hey, I had really hard conversations today, or I read this news, and it really was hard to read. And I don't know what to make of this. I don't know how to respond to this. This is just really Mm -hmm. hard on my spirit. We need to have those people people as well to go to that we could just be open with, you know? Oh man. I agree. Gosh. And and this is just, it's so good because I think in transitioning on some of the conversation when it comes to dating, I think that it is really important that we're upfront about these things. So I don't know how it's been for you, Danny, or if you've had any conversations with friends, but more than ever. I've been having lots of conversations with people in my DMs or over the phone and just things about how I want, like standing for my values right now with somebody I'm potentially considering dating is incredibly important. How do you think this intersects with like a new person, but somebody who we're like kind of thinking about becoming intimate with? (laughs) Yeah, that's important. (laughs) (laughs) So for me personally, 
as I've said before, I've always been pretty vocal about these issues. You know, this isn't my first my first time. Illustration is just a new medium, right? Yes. And so in my personal relationships, these conversations come up often. And I normally found find myself having more intimate conversations with people who share these ideals right off the bat because it's something that I'm honestly always so vocal about. Yes. That's, so, it's almost like, I mean, not the same, but like be, me being a dating coach, I'm like, I basically talk to dating to everybody I meet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and let's talk about exactly. dating and relationships. Oh, you're dating? I want to know more. Or I challenge them on things because I'm like, yep, this is my favorite yeah. thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it naturally permeates like every conversation, right? Yeah. Or majority. Yes. So normally I find like if anyone is a prospect, like when it comes to dating or being in a relationship, chances are we've been in community in some capacity and they've heard my heart on this. There's moments that we all have to make it known and prominent what we stand for and who we believe in, even before we um, have conversations with people, like even in, in our bios, in our online presence, uh, those kinds of things where people can see before they even come into contact with you, like, oh, she she seems like this is someone who values X, Y, Z. But that might not always be possible, right? So in these early conversations, I like to bring it up, honestly, like when you talk about current events, it's a beautiful moment to hear somebody's heart, what they really think about things and how they view. And you have an opportunity to engage in really cool conversations with people and navigate. But in those moments, you also hear like, hmm, they were really quick to say this, or this is a pattern that I see reoccurring in our dialogue. I'm guessing that their heart about this is here does this align with where my heart is here? And if I need more clarity about that, can I just bring it up? You know, because some of these more serious topics are really important to us and ingrained in our hearts, it's not going to take long for it to come to the surface in these conversations. Yes, yes. And I think the moment will always be, I mean, I feel like there will always be a moment to bring these up and just have honest dialogue about it. I I love that. It's kind of like how I say to when you if you're Christian and that's like a value for you. I it's my Christian faith that is a value for me that I want to marry right. and have a Christian relationship. So that is mm-hmm. a non-negotiable factor. This is a value it's how I want to live my life. Well, same with other values. There's different spokes of values and another value is I want to be a part of fighting for equality. I want to be a part of fighting for anti-racism, you know, and if that's like your value, for example, Mm -hmm. like that is something that is like you stake your life on, you know, you live to, to breathe uh, that, um, and fight for that, just like you would fight for where your Christian values, because that's something that is so deeply ingrained for you. And so I think when you're right, like, I mean, I would, I wouldn't even go for me with the faith part. I wouldn't even go really on a date with somebody unless I truly knew they were Christian. But if you're on a date with someone, you don't know where they stand on some, issues that you value, I would definitely bring it up early on. And here's the thing for people is like, I want to say this for people who are like, okay, I'm on the date and I find out they don't have the same values. Okay. Why don't we, instead of seeing that as a disappointment, like, you know, total fail dating sucks because we can get into that mindset. (laughs) um, Maybe instead we can shift it to say, what a cool opportunity to talk to somebody who has a different value than me. And how can the love of Jesus be in my heart right now that I can hear them where they, why they've come up with the value system they have. And then compassionately ask more questions, get curious, 
challenge in a healthy way and share my heart on the subject, you know, because I'm like, that, this is an awesome opportunity. I'm not here. Like you said earlier, we're not here to change that person. I'm not here to make you believe what I believe, but what a great opportunity to have healthy, challenging dialogues. And I know it's uncomfortable, yeah. but like that could be beautiful. The date doesn't have to be yeah. wasted. <laughs> I agree with that too. And I love that you said that because we often view well, I know I have in my life viewed these as like a, a first date is more like a test. It's like, hmm, let's see if, if you've got everything that I need or everything that's on my list. And I'm so glad that I've, I've changed that mindset when it comes yeah. to dating. But even then it's like, this is a, this is a human being wholly loved and created by God who is yes. unique and worthy and is able to learn and grow and adapt the same way that we have. So why not? Even if it doesn't end up being your future husband or wife, you know, why not take that opportunity to be like, you know what, let's talk more about this. I would love to hear your heart. I'd love to share mine. Beautiful things can happen when we're oh willing to see each other as like human beings. Seriously. And, and, and there's so, oh my gosh. Yeah. There's also so much to learn from somebody who just has a different background and perspective than you, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, so you have a different opinion. I'm so curious on to why that your opinion formed that way. And I also want to say this, like this time of year is like the time where with the election approaching, there's going to be, everyone's like, so who are you voting for? You know? And that's like what comes up and I'm like, Ooh, okay. Um, but what if it's an <laughs> opportunity instead of being like, Oh my gosh, you're voting for that person, blah, 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 blah. Oh my gosh. And we do it on both sides. Right. And it's like, Whoa, I'm already sweating thinking about that. But what if it's just like, okay, I'm so curious. Like, what is it about, you know, that issue that you're passionate about? Like, how did you get there? Tell me more about like what developed that thought process for you. And yeah. um, I think we are so quick to just be like, nope, that's wrong. It's not for me. It's just like, nope. Instead of being like, oh, well, maybe I can have compassion for how they got there. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can figure out a way to be like, I see where you got there. You're not for me, but I'm learning about how God has molded and shaped you to this day. And that can be a beautiful moment. <laughs> Definitely. Love it. Man, girl, you're just incredible. What I I I'm, I love this conversation. And as we're kind of talking through this, I, I want to say that, and this may be a bold statement to make, okay? I'm just going to preface it by saying that. But <laughs> in my opinion, I believe that every person listening, that racism and fighting against racism, anti-racism should be everyone's passion, you know, and you talked about passion in your talk. And so maybe you can disagree with me on that. But I believe that if Jesus was here, that would be part of his passion. Now, it looks differently for different people. It looks different for different people. But I just believe that God would be so about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the heart of all of these issues is loving your neighbor and yes. wanting to love them well. Yes. And if it always goes back to that, why would God not be passionate? Why would Jesus not advocate for that? You know, it's, I think it's easy to overcomplicate issues yes. like this, especially, oh and especially like politicizing them. Right. Um, I know even when Black Lives Matter, the phrase started to make its rounds again, a lot of people were really quick to say, oh, I don't agree with the organization. So I don't agree with this idea at all. Yes. Not realizing, hey, you do, in essence, believe Black Lives Matter. You know this to be true. And not because you want to politicize it or take sides when it comes to any other issue. It's only because, based on what the Bible says about how we love our neighbors and how we're all loved and worthy and created by the same God, inherently, we are all worthy and we all matter. 
And once we peel back all those other layers and look at the heart of God and what we're called to do, it's easy to say, of course you matter. And I'm going to stand with you in this and make sure that you're fought for and heard and loved. Yes. I mean, I truly believe that if Jesus was here walking today, that he would be doing that you know, and he wouldn't be focusing on the semantics because that is like we just said earlier, when the enemy can't destroy, he distracts. He's going to distract us by being like, focus on these semantics and take it away from the actual core cause of believing that yes, black lives matter, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I, I do think that this is not to shame anybody listening, but we just have to be extra careful, extra discerning the spirit right now, you know, extra spending time with God because there is a lot of noise happening out there. And some of it is really good. Like some of it is really good. And some of it is really distracting and, and can be really tough for and conflicting for our spirits in a, in a negative way. And so I'm just like, I'm not, be discerning, spend time with Jesus. You know, we, we don't want to get away from the heart of what really matters, which are the things that truly, if Jesus was here today, would matter to him. And I believe that. I will stand till I die saying that he's going to care about racism and justice, you know, like... Absolutely. Man, girl, I'm just so grateful for you and your work. And as we wrap up this conversation, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every person before we leave, which is just, what is your final nugget of dating advice for the listeners today? Yeah. Ooh, I never can ask this question. I know, right? Isn't that fun? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, "Mm." I would say, especially dating in 2020, it's definitely gotten a lot weirder than we're used to, right? Yes. I would say, and this kind of echoes what we've said all along, but how can we change our perspective whenever we start dating someone or meet someone new, looking at them and saying, child of God who is wholly loved and deserving and worthy how can I approach this from the perspective of I'm not here to change you? Don't even know if I'm marrying you, <laughs> yes. but I, I'm called to love you, right? Yeah. And no matter how this ends up, I want my heart to always be in that posture of called to love you simply as my brother in Christ and for the brothers listening, simply as your sister in Christ and knowing that no matter what comes out of this, I want to be known as someone who loved wholeheartedly and as someone who knew what she stood for and didn't compromise even when it would probably have been a lot easier to do so. So that's what I'd say. Ooh, that was like one of my favorite nuggets ever, Danny. I'm not just saying that, girl. I've heard like a, almost a hundred of them by now on the podcast. So that was beautiful. Oh, oh man. Okay. Girl, just thank you so much for your time today. You are such a busy woman and I'm so grateful. I can't wait to to just see. I think it's just beginning for you, friend. I think that God has some really incredible things for you at the end of 2020, moving into 2021. I'm like, I can't wait to watch. Woo. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to watch too honestly yeah you're like I'm just in a movie watching my own thing play out what's going on you know like you're like what's happening if people want to connect with you and see the beautiful illustrations we've been talking about how did they find you yes you can find me everywhere at oh happy Danny and Mm -hmm. I can't wait I love that name by the way did you change it or was that always what you were it's so cute (laughs) it's so funny I was not always oh happy Danny Uh, I changed that this either late last year or early this year I was Hey Danny Hey for the longest time, and I don't know why I had that name either, but this one had a, had a ring to it, and 
my agency was so happy social so it kind of was a cute little brand thing yeah I don't know <laughs> oh happy Danny so happy so yeah and it just so yeah. works perfectly because your spirit is so joyful it is it just oh, really you. represents you and your vibrancy and also through your artwork it's just like it all makes sense I just love to see how God he's like oh here you should name it this or like you know you have this idea and then it's like oh and who knew that this like amazing brand would fully explode out of that you know wow you're so right I love that thank you so much you're so kind yeah thanks Danny this has been so wonderful and I'll talk to you soon girl all right thanks again for having me Gosh, I just love Danny. And you guys do yourselves a favor right now and go follow her on Instagram at, at @ohhappydanny. Oh you are not going to be disappointed. She produces such incredible and helpful content and she's just such a sweet and radiant soul as you got to learn today. If you do me a favor, if you liked this episode, will you screenshot it right now, send it to a friend or share about it on social media and tag at Heart of Dating, at Kateness, at Oh Happy Danny. It would be incredible to see you share this episode. I really think that it is an episode and a conversation that so many people need to hear. All right, fam, so grateful for you and I'll see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.